1: I love our veterans i come from a military family my grandfather was at pearl harbor with the army unit up on a hillside watched the whole thing and then my my father was went to the naval academy played football there was a sailor and uh, michael was air force and then my brother-in-law is in the navy f-18 pilot coming to san diego next year to praise jesus and um yeah and then his brother is actually on the carrier that went over to Israel over there so I forgot that I was praying for him so I raised my hand really quick pray for Lucas he's on that ship right now so and um so and we have three boys so one of them maybe will go into the military I think Grady he's our soldier yeah Grady's our soldier Dylan is our athlete and Noah is our farmer so go ahead and grab your seats go ahead and grab your seats love you guys go ahead and have take a rest. Eat some snacks and I'll see you back at my fourth point. <laughs> so great. No, but really, I, I love that we're a house of honor. We, li- we like to honor at any chance we get. We like to give gifts any chance we get. And we just love love God's house and its people and being together. And I'm just so appreciative of this house because... Uh, Just this past month, we have had a big Freedom Month. So who had some freedom this month? Raise your hand. Who received some freedom? All right, that's good. Maybe half of you or a third of you. Um, But there's still always opportunity for freedom every day of your life, every service that we have. We have altar calls where you can receive freedom. Anything that you might go home and say, I'm not happy with this area of my life. Come, you know, you can pray right there in your room. God set me free from this and deliver yourself from that. So never think that that you need the man of God to be praying for you to have a, a power encounter or freedom encounter. God gave you the same power as as my pastor Mike Connell. Yeah. So I do it all the time. I feel like I deliver myself every week from from things. Just your pastor telling you that. Transparency. I mean, cause and, and Pastor Mike did tell us, side note. You know, we, we were asking him, you know, what's the secret to, like, how do you live like this and, and free? And he's just like, the secret is keeping your heart free every day. Set Every day, set your heart towards God. Set, set it every morning so that when things come, bounce towards you or come towards you, it's automatic. It can be deflected or they don't take root. And so I feel like that's the wisdom of someone like Mike Connell who, who ministers so powerfully just telling us, Just keep your heart free, and then we don't need to have deliverance every year, or every month, or every week, okay? And I'm still, we're still all working on it, and I'm sure he does too. I'm sure he does too. When things come in, we have to make sure they don't take root, and that we can move forward. So I love our church because we teach on this. We teach what oppressive spirits can do to us, that they can hinder us in our lives, that, that we don't need to live with them. We have a zero tolerance policy for them operating, and so I like that our church teaches on it because so many churches I don't think they teach on deliverance or oppressive spirits because they don't know what to do, like to do with them. I think they do believe with them, believe in it because the Bible talks so much about healing and deliverance, but I don't think they feel confident operating in it. So I think that's why people don't teach on it. I'm guessing. So I'm, I'm proud of our church for bringing in people that, that help us understand, help us get free, help us free our minds to, to op, being open to it and helping to live free. So we've come out of a big month of that. And so we are, um, but I want to help you kind of bridge the gap from that to where we're going. So it says in the Bible that when an unclean spirit leaves, that it says that he goes looking for another place to rest. And, and he says to himself, I will return to the house from which I came. And when he comes and finds it empty, swept, and put in order, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than him and bring him back so that that person is actually in a worse spot than when they first had deliverance. So we're, that's not going to happen to us, church, because we're smart. We're in the house of God. We read the word of God and we apply it to our lives. So that when those things do try to come revisit us, which they will... They will try to come back and revisit us, but there's no place for them in the end because they're filled with the Holy. We're filled with the Holy Spirit and with God, and there's no place for them to take root. Okay, so if you got your freedom, let's stay free. Let's continue on our path of freedom, and um, Amen. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles to church, great job. Turn, please turn to Luke 8. I'm going to be reading a passage of Scripture here um as we shift our focus into what's going next we're going to talk a little bit more about demons before we get to other things so but here we go it's all good all right so they arrived in the region of the (laughs) garrison i really had trouble with that word last service sorry guys (laughs) that's why i laugh region of the garrison yes across the lake from galilee As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Make note of that for later. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? He knew who he was. He recognized his authority. Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirits to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was placed on guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power, reckless. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied. And he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them to the bottom of his Even the demons didn't want to go to hell, okay? They were like, please send us anywhere but there. Is there anywhere you can send us? There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to enter into the pigs. Jesus said, so be it. So the demons came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town in the surrounding countrysides, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw a man who had been freed from demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Amen. And all the people of the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away. What the heck? And leave them alone for a great wave of fear swept over them. Oh my goodness, what spirit were they operating under? Jesus, the gospel himself, came over to their town, did a miracle, and they rejected him because he just disrupted their social economic status with these pigs. They were mad that they lost their pigs and they were afraid. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side over the lake. The man who had been freed by the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family. Tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus has done for him. Amen. Great job. Great job, demoniac. Great job. And I love this because we know him as a demoniac, but he became the first missionary to the Gentiles. He lived in an area of the Decap- Decapolis, which was Greek cities. So he, Jesus is like, no, your mission is here. Actually, yes, I set you free and... I appreciate you want to come with me, but actually your mission is here to reach the people that you live with. And what a powerful testimony that is. With Everyone in the town knew he was the crazy man that lived by the tombs, and, and no one could contain him. So when they see him walking through the towns, wouldn't you believe that, that people are like, what happened to you? Who did you meet? What, what encounter did you have? How beautiful is that? And, and we know that he was successful because in Mark 7, we read that Jesus went back to the Decapolis. And when he got there, people welcomed him and asked him to heal other people. And where he healed a deaf and mute man when he came back. And then he told people, don't tell anyone that I've been here. <laughs> because, because at that point in his ministry, people were flocking him and... and, and and I, I, I believe it was gonna take up too much of his time for, for what Jesus' mission was in those three years. But in power counter with God, what one power encounter with God can do. He, Jesus met a man whose family rejected him, who he rejected himself, he had given up on himself, who had been possessed by a legion of demons, and still Jesus brought healing and wholeness to him. And it was as a result, many cities and people were saved and became to know came to know Christ. So thank you, Jesus, that that when we are are receptive and, and even I don't even know if he was receptive. It said that the demons were not receptive to G, to him, but but Jesus was like, "No, you are going to be set free, and you're going to be a difference in in your community." So power of The power of an encounter with God. How beautiful is that? And, and I love this story, and I wanted to preach on this story today um, because we've been heavy into freedom and deliverance this past month, and we, I felt like we needed to shift gears a little bit. And, and you know, yes, this is important, and an important part of God's ministry and an important part of our ministry as a church, But but we're going to shift our focus from not just from getting free but now what we can do now that we're free and and what and I'm giving you next steps on what to do next what do we do now how do we impact a city you know we can get together and have deliverance in here every week but how does that help people out there so today I want to talk to you about evangelism we are going into our our new series called reach And so it is how we can reach a city and impact a city for Christ. And so I just want to encourage you today with some some tips and thoughts on how we can go from in here to out there to impact what's happening. And evangelism is simply one person telling another person how Jesus has changed their life. That's it. If every person in this room went out there and told one person they didn't know how Jesus has changed his life, changed their life, then then many more people would come to know him and be saved. Another person I want to mention is Mary Magdalene. We don't know the exact moment Jesus met her, but it does say here in Luke, um, he took his 12 disciples with him along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them was Mary Magdalene, from whom he cast out seven demons. So it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you've done. And, and I believe that, you know, when we have a powerful encounter where God has radically changed our lives, then we can't help but attach, but attach ourselves to God. And, and, like, how can you be separated from him? Because he, he rescued you from such a dark time. So I love it. So you meet Jesus. You have a freedom encounter. And then he empowers you, he transforms your life. And then we go out and introduce more people to Jesus that can then have an encounter. And and so it's like this beautiful cycle that that never ends with us. And I pray does not end with our next, even our next generation and the generation after. The church will continue if we continue to teach our children to do this. And, And so this is how the church. Goes on. This is how the church has been for the last 2,000 years that we continue to tell the story of Christ and continue to to bring people to know him in such a beautiful picture. So, the title of this message is Come Follow Me. Come and Follow Me, Jesus asks. And and so, we're going to start here. So, if you're taking notes, my first point is be interruptible. Be interruptible. Those demons that were in that demoniac, I said to remember that. He said, what did he say? He said, stop interfering with me. Like, stop interfering with us. So he was not very interruptible when Jesus was trying to make a change there. But being on a mission for, as a disciple of Jesus means that we can expect interruptions in our life. Either from people or, or God himself. And we need to be, and are we willing to be interrupted? So let's look at some important people in the Bible and see what happened with them. Matthew, who was Levi, was a a tax collector. Jesus says, follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Let's look at Andrew and Peter, James and John. One day Jesus was walking along the shore of the sea in Galilee, and he saw two brothers. Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. And Jesus called to them, come and follow me. And I will make you fishers of people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little little farther up the shore, they saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So in each of these stories where he he calls these disciples, they were all doing something. They all had their hand to something. It wasn't like they were sitting around waiting for someone to invite them to go somewhere. They were actually doing something. And Jesus is just like, come on, come with me. Come and follow me. And they're like, okay. Okay. Let's go. And, and I love that because I, there's no hesitation, there's no wavering in their decision. And it's so beautiful um, when you watch the, the show The Chosen that you can really see the personalities of, of these people come to life. And, and I love it. But let's look at one other person who didn't have the exact same story the rich young ruler says, teacher, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Still, there is one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. And he couldn't do it. He he couldn't be interrupted in what he was doing. And, And that's the thing. Sometimes you can think you're doing all the right things. Like he was saying, I've kept all the commandments since I was young. But maybe there's just that one thing in your life that you've kind of kept aside or haven't let Jesus be a part of or that we, we don't want to let go of. And Jesus might come and say, it's time to lay that down. It's time to come and follow me. And you can't bring that with you. You know, what are those things? What are, what are those things in your life? And, and I don't, that man, the, the rich young ruler, he just wasn't ready to deny himself of that. But Jesus always gives us a choice. And and we are and if we are ready and willing, he will. He can give us great opportunity. So a few years ago, maybe eight years ago, I remember writing on my vision card. Um, Here I am. Send me. And and I just remember being in a place where I was like, God, I just want to. I don't want to miss anything you have for me. Whatever you want for me, I will do it. You know. And and my answer is yes and I just love you so much, and I just love your house so much, and I just felt in such a, I had big faith, and I was so excited and, to please him and, and follow him, and and so I just wrote it down, and then a couple years after that, you know, we were we were living in our dream neighborhood, at least the, my the dream neighborhood, I thought, so we lived in this house, and we had our two kids, and we lived in our dream neighborhood. We had saved and uh, f- to get into this neighborhood, and I'd always wanted to live here. It was near my work. It was a great family neighborhood. It had pools and parks and great people, and I just always wanted to live there. So we were living in this house, and that was when Pastor Jurgen took us to lunch and said, hey guys, would, uh, would you, would you want to start uh, East Campus? <laughs> and Michael and I are like, Yes, we will we'll do anything that you want because we're yes people. And so and so we were pumped and we're like, okay, th- like we're gonna start East Campus, but then like it's actually sometimes easy to say yes, but then harder to walk it out. It's like okay, now I said yes. Actually, what does that actually look like? So so I've said yes, and, and I and and so so we were living in this house, and, and so we're like, okay, well, we're gonna start the church, we need to find a place to meet. So we found West Hills High School, we're gonna meet there. And then we started the church, which wasn't easy, by the way. That's a, t- a story for another time. And so we were doing that for about four months when we decided, actually, this is really difficult. We live 45 minutes away from here. And it's really hard for us to build our team um, living 45 minutes away from the, all the people, where the people live. So it, it, I would say it wasn't hard, but we decided to sell our house. So we put our house in the market. We sold our house. And then we lived in an apartment, blah, 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 until we could get our house here. But, but all that to say, it was, the yes part was actually the easy part. And then walking it out and, and try, because this is where you have to trust God. It's like, okay, was that... That was you, God. I know that was you. Okay, we said yes. Now like now the face steps come where you're like I don't we don't know where we're going to live. We don't know where we're going to go. We don't know where our kids are going to go to school. When before I had this like huge plan mapped out. My kids were going to go to school here and I'm going to work in this place and this is where they're going to go to college and I had this huge plan when God came in and interrupted everything. But I but it's amazing because that whole plan Yes, we loved God and we kept his commands and did all those things, but was that really his call on our life? I, I would say no because he called us and said, actually, I need you over here because there's a beautiful people in El Cajon that needed to awaken church and you guys are the ones that are going to lead it. And so you never know when, when you say yes to God. So, so if he comes to you and asks you to lay down some things it might be hard, but you, you just be like, okay, God, I know this is you, and that there's going to be blessing on the other side of our obedience, and there always is. There's always blessing anytime, time, even in the small things that he's asked you to do something, and you lay it down, or you don't go to that party, or you don't do that thing. There's actually blessing and peace that come, because, because he looks for our obedience more than anything else. So be encouraged by that. Be interruptible, and um, say yes to God. All right, next point. Be accessible. Matthew fifteen fourteen says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So we are like a mirror reflection of his goodness and his light. So we carry Christ in us and then our, the light shines to us and out to others. But, but when people are drawn to us or they see, oh, like that person is so fun. Denise, you're so fun. I love you being around you. You have such good energy. Actually, they're, they're recognizing the, the Christ and, and Holy Spirit that's resting on her. So when they say, you're such an amazing person, good vibes, Denise, they're actually they're actually recognizing Jesus, even though they can't put a name to it. They're recognizing that in her because she reflects the Father's heart. And that's what that's what people see. And, and the world sees it. They know. They know. And and they they come looking for you know for that. And and that's why it's so important to do our best to reflect all of the gifts of the, the fruits of the spirit because that reflects him and gives him glory. So let's smile, be friendly, be nice. Yep. Next thing. But, but we are, we are called to be exactly who we are, exactly where we are and people will be drawn to us. But that takes the, let me take the pressure off the evangelism because we just go along our lives, carrying Christ doing great things, being nice, smiling, being generous, all of these things that, that God has called us to be. And people will come to us in our lives. So this happens to me a lot of times in grocery stores or when I'm in public and, and people will come up to me and just be like, you just seem so friendly and smiling. And, and so let's be those people. But um, so I'm, I was out walking the dog and, and then a neighbor comes up and he's like, oh, so I'm going through this really hard time in my marriage, and I just really need help. Are, you go to church, right? Can you help me? And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. Um, yeah, what, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I can help you. But, and, but, but he knows, that, or he's identified that we are Christians. I don't even think they know we're pastors, but they know that you have something that they need, and they don't even know what it is. They just see something in your life that they want a part of. And so people will come up to you and ask for help. Another, another one is um, my, my workout instructor. She came up to me. Or she knows I'm a pastor, actually. But, but, you know, we talk about other things. And one class I saw she was really down. And kind of just going through the motions. And after class, I, she, she took me outside and started crying. And she's like, Lisa, I, you know I don't go to church. You know I I don't pray, but I'm going through this. um, We need a miracle in my family. My sister has this thing going on and she needs a miracle. Can you pray for her? And so I'm like, yes, absolutely. And, And so there's people that just being yourself and being a witness, they will come to you looking for help and looking for answers. So let's be accessible for those people because, because where are they gonna find answers if they can't come to you? And, and, it's, and it's not always you need to come to church and get saved, you know, that's not, that's not the answer they need in that moment. They, they need a, um, a prayer, they need an encouragement, they need to know that someone is is believing with them even if they don't even know what that is. And, and, and then we can pray for an opportunity Opportunity to be able to speak into that area and maybe invite them to church. But let's listen to the Holy Spirit on that. You know, when is the right time? And let's and all of you guys, I know because we're awake in church, are equipped to have that conversation. And if they're ready to receive Christ, then that moment can also come. So let's be let's be open and eyes open and willing and not so quick on our journey somewhere that we can't be interrupted and accessible to people that are around us. Because we are here as ambassadors and we represent him so let's be let's be ready to do that amen come on I feel like you all are you guys are great people <laughs> first Peter three fifteen says always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear so your testimony is powerful. Always be ready to give a testimony. Always be ready to, to give an answer for why you have peace and joy and favor on your life. Maybe it's favor. Maybe at work, you're just like getting, you're getting promotion after promotion and you know it's, it's a favor from God, but people don't understand that. And you're like, actually, it's because I tithe and I, and I walk with God and then you'll have favor in your life. I bet people will be like, well, can I have that too? <laughs> Come on. I, I feel like so many people out there they they want they they want what jesus is offering they just don't know what that is and they don't know how to get it so let's be an opportunity for those people all right number three be patient this is a good one and one that i'm still working on because i'm i'm by default not a very patient person i like to do things quickly and efficiently and if there's any time wasted i'm like why did that take so long but so that's something i'm working on thank you lord um My patience. But in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9, it says, After all, who is Apollos? Who's Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your heart, and Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. And it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. You are God's field and are God's building. So I love this scripture, and it really helps me put things in perspective um, that, that we are all on the same team. It doesn't matter you know what if one is watering that that if if one is planting the seeds as one is watering and god brings the increase and it's such a great perspective to bring to, to our minds because i'm competitive and so i'm like you know i want you know this to happen or i want to see this breakthrough or i want to see this miracle or this healing but this this scripture helps me because it helps me understand actually it takes me out of it god is the one on the throne he's the one in control he's in in charge of the timing of the seeds and when they bear fruit so let us remember that sometimes we might plant the seed with a coworker or someone but they might move on and we just pray okay there's a seed planted or they might come to church once it's like okay there's a seed planted and then, and then other people might be praying for that person, watering the seed, watering the seed. And then at some point, and we believe that, that all those seeds will come to harvest, that they will bear fruit because that's what God promises. But I think we have to remember it's not in our timing, that, that even when we are re- believing for breakthroughs and miracles, it's not our timing. We just continue to do what's right, keep, your, keep our heads up, keep encouraged, you know, in the Lord and, and keep going forward. So we need to trust God with the people that that we're believing for and our family members. So I have a friend that I talk about a lot. Um, He's from my dental office. So I evangelize a lot at my dental office because I'm a hygienist and I can talk and you can't because I'm (laughs) cleaning your teeth. So I can tell you all about anything I want. And um, I know that's a stereotype, but it's kind of true. It's not not true. (laughs) I do, I do give you time to respond, though. Like, I'll ask a question, and then I'll wait, I'll wait for you to answer because I like to get to know my patients. So I've been a hygienist 12 years, and this person has been coming to me for maybe 12 years or at least 10 years. So this man, he's a Jewish atheist, and I talk about him sometimes. And he um, he believes in the supernatural. He, he does, like, ghost hunting things. And so I always talk to him. I'm like, how is it so hard for you to... If you believe in this, how is it so hard for you not, to not believe in this side? Like, there's, don't you think there's a balance if there's good? There's, if you believe in ghosts, how come you don't believe in angels? Like, so I've had these discussions with him. But he's really great and open. And so I've brought him to about three heroes hear the musicals and about 3 Twisted's, and one night of christmas and i buy him popcorn and par- parking passes and all kinds of things roll out the red carpet i meet him out front and i've probably spent hundreds of dollars on him <laughs> to come to these shows and he texts me, he texts me, oh, when's the next show coming? I'm like, well, it's coming up. Do you want tickets? But then, and deep down, I'm like, when are you going to receive Jesus? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm like, you know, and then I have to remember this scripture. In Galatians, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Yes. So I'm still believing that one day he's going to know Jesus and come into a relationship with him because he's a great man and I really care for him. And I'm not saying you have to do that for everyone you meet, like pay for all their things and basically carry them to church, but but it there might be someone in your world like he is in mine that I'm the person God I feel like God's like I'm the person that is is supposed to sew into him so there might be one person or maybe two in your world where you can even think of right now actually I'm gonna bring them to night of Christmas and and maybe you're that person that needs to buy their ticket and bring them and maybe that's the season that you're in so let's you know, so for me, I'm being patient with, with these seeds sown, and um, he's still coming around. He loves it. He's like bringing his brother, and his, every time he wants to bring other people, so he's, he's bringing people into, into church. This is great. He like dresses for the part. Like he dresses, he wears like the clothes that match the theme of the event. Like he loves it so much. So let's all be believing for his salvation this year, okay? Okay. <laughs> I, be, I believe it now, you know, when it says that even when one person gives their life t- to Christ, the angels are celebrating. I feel like that with him. I'm like, when he gives his life, like, I've been working so hard on him. Like, when he gives his life, praise the Lord. So I, I feel like I, I, I can understand a 1% of what the angels feel when one person gives their lives to Christ. I'm like expecting it. Come on. All right, how are we doing? Ah, I gotta hurry. All right, so recap. Let's recap. Let's be interruptible. Let's be accessible. Let's be patient. And lastly, let's be the invitation. So I've kind of said it before that, you know, we can represent Christ as his ambassadors here in this life. That's who we are as Christians. But at some point, you're gonna to need to invite them either to know Christ or to church for an opportunity to meet Christ here. And so let's be the invitation. And you never know what people are going through. They might just say yes. They might just say, actually, I had a dream that I went to church. Or I'll, they'll surprise you. And you'll be like, whoa, I had no idea. I, I just thought to invite you to this. And so let's make sure we're still inviting people. Let's be inviting the people that God has impressed on our hearts to invite. And... um. So I'm going to share another uh, story um, because one of my favorite stories about, about this and being the invitation is I call it our preschool, our, our preschool teacher evangelism, okay? So we have three boys, Grady's 11, uh, Dylan's 8, and Noah is 4. And so uh, each of them has attended preschool. And so I want to bring up the picture up here. Okay, so Sean and Elena Gambardella, they're right here in the fourth row. They serve in DNA, they're amazing, and um, have two beautiful children that are in kids' church right now. But Elena was Grady's first preschool teacher, Montessori. And Grady, like Elena has so many funny pictures on her phone where Grady's like covered himself in marker and like hidden toys. And she would, she was so patient. Thank you, Elena, for not kicking him out of the school. Um, we were worried there for a little bit, but but, but Elena was his first preschool teacher. And then we, I invited her to something. I don't even remember now, this was like nine years ago. And then, um, she, uh, she came over to our house for a connect group pumpkin carving party where she met Sean at our house <laughs> during connect group and now they're married and flourishing in, the, in God's house and just it's so beautiful that just I, I'm sure at some point I invited you to church and and she and and to see your lives now that are still a part of our lives it's so beautiful and all because of Legacy Montessori and Grady being in your class and so beautiful. So, and then this is Faith Faith and Calvin. And this was Dylan's first preschool teacher at montessori and faith was friends with elena and married her brother calvin and so here they are and they were a part of our church for a little bit when we were in santee and now they they they're not a part of our church but they're married and thriving and in god's house and then this last couple brooke and cameron cox they're part of our church they both serve in our kids church and brooke was noah's first preschool teacher i would i would drop off noah and he would go straight to miss brooke and, and then when I'd pick him up, he would still be with Miss Brooke. I don't think he left Miss Brooke's side. So, a beautiful couple. Uh, we met, I guess that was like 18 months ago. I invited her to church in the Santee Bar. And she came, got, got restored um, with Christ and, and married Cameron. And now they're beautifully serving in our house. And I just love these pictures of these families. And what what god can do you know with a, with just an invitation to church and you never know and i just think it's so funny that all three of their preschool teachers were were married basically in our church <laughs> so praise the lord for that but you never know yeah <laughs> it's so great and i want to honor one other person who's here joshua tan will you stand It's this mighty man's birthday today. Happy birthday, Joshua Tan. We love you. And I just want to say that you mean so much to me and my family. You're like a second father to me. Been with me for a long time now. And so we call, I lovely, we lovingly call him Papa because he's our Papa. But Joshua so exemplifies this. He is an evangelist. He loves people. Wherever he goes, he makes friends and has favor and the blessing of God is all over him. So just reach out your hands. So let me let's pray for Joshua. God, just thank you for Joshua that every place that, that he has sown a seed is is growing fruit that the that his his mansion in heaven, his riches in heaven are going to be overflowing for the works that he's done on this earth. So just thank you God on his birthday that you that he is blessed, that he is such a blessing to so many that he is such a blessing to this church awakened church and 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 to so many other people around the world god um joshua you are you are a pastor you are a missionary you are um a servant and a son of of the king and and he is so proud of you and you are just such a blessing to us and to our family so just bless you on your birthday in jesus name amen love you So as we come to a close, I just wanna empower you guys that wherever you're at, whatever's in your hand, whatever you're doing, whoever you're around, we can be a light, we can can be an ambassador to Christ. And I wanna empower you that during this holiday season, let's be the invitation for others to come and meet him because we know that one encounter with him will change their lives forever. So let's all stand, let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for every seed that has been sown, every person that's been watering in prayer, laboring in prayer. God, I thank you that the fruit is coming. The harvest is coming. I thank you, God, that that as you highlight people to us this holiday season, that hearts are softened, that they will say yes for an invitation to church. They will say yes to an invitation to the night of Christmas, to, to Twisted, to, to, to come to Christmas Eve services, that they would say yes to an invitation to a life with you God a life surrendered to you so I want to pray for anyone here right now that has not yet surrendered their life to Christ is, is there anyone here that would like to make that decision today that they would like to make Jesus the Lord over their life, Savior of their life is there anyone here it's, I see you, I see you God bless you anyone else, thank you Jesus anyone else, thank you God thank you Jesus, anyone else it's, it's, it's always a good time to turn your hearts back to God. If you feel like you've been away, that you feel like, actually, I haven't been that that close with God recently. I'd love to feel his presence again. Where are those friends? Raise your hand so I can pray for you. Where are those friends? I see you, I see you. God bless you, I see you, I see you. God, I just thank you for those hands raised, those that are deciding for the first time or would like to reconnect with you today. God, I thank you that you are meeting them in their seats. I thank you, God, that you are are surrounding them with your love, and I thank you that not just are you restoring them today, but you're giving a fresh purpose for them today, that they're gonna leave out of here with a mission, with a calling, that they're saying yes to you, to following you, God, that you have activated something Thing and, and each and every person here today that when they leave the doors of these church that we can go out and be the church. So I just thank you right now for every person in here. Blessings on them as they go and as they continue through the end of this year. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com